every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Welcome to another interesting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. The topic of this episode is quite interesting, and it's interesting because it's reminiscent of the very early days of starting a business. Every entrepreneur remembers the situation, the context, and the events that led up to choosing a name for their business. Choosing a name for your business is often a very emotional experience. It involves your creativity. It involves your thoughts. Um, And it's quite interesting that given some of the things I'm going to be talking about in, in this episode, I'm going to provide you with a systematic approach to choosing a business to choosing a name for your business or for your products. And this is usually something that people do off the cuff. There's usually no defined way to do it. So a lot of people think they have to be lucky to get a, a solid business name. And it's not really something you want, to, you want to take a chance on. So today's topic is inspired by a question from one of our members inside our private members area in the Insiders program. And um, let's just get right to it. So the first thing I need to mention is that a name is very powerful. It's, it's like really underrated, but it's like one of the most powerful things you do early on in your business. And the reason for this is the name of your business or the name of your product becomes the identity, becomes the thing that defines your identity. It's the thing that creates the first impression when people hear about it. It's how people are going to see it. It's how people are going to see you and define you. It's how you, your business partners, your customers, your employees, your investors, your suppliers, your distributors, everybody is going to see you. Another important reason why a name is powerful is because of the psychological impact that a name has. A name, the name of a business essentially creates an emotional bond between the entrepreneur and the business. And also your name could become the thing that defines your legacy. Because that business you're starting right now, we really don't know how far you could go with this. But if it becomes really big, really successful, it may end up being the the thing that people remember you the most for. So it could become your legacy, it could become like a major popular brand, or it could become a symbol of your success. So these are very, these are very important things that you know, looks at the long term. A name is something that defines you forever, except maybe you change it along the line, which can be problematic um, at times. So it's a, it's a really small thing, you know, it's something that looks small, but has an oversized impact in the business that you're, that you're trying to build. So what are the qualities that a good business name should have? Should we just depend on luck? Uh, you know, some people think um, there are people who are lucky to find a good name, but you know, names are out there. But How do you go through it? How do you make sure that you're choosing a name that is best for you? So what I'm going to do in this part of the episode is to look at five very important critical qualities 
that a good that a good business name should have. If you're if the name you're choosing for your business or if the name you've chosen for your business has these five attributes, then you are essentially on the right track. The first quality is your business name should be unique. Now, by unique, what I mean is a unique name gets attention, it gets you noticed, and it helps you stand out. Um, a, a unique name it shouldn't cause confusion with something or someone that already exists. And so this can be a common problem if your name looks like or is very similar to another business that already exists somewhere or some out there. It doesn't, and in these days of the internet, the business doesn't need, need to be a local business. Everybody these days is online. So that you choose a name that sounds similar to um, another company on the other side of the world these days doesn't really make any difference. So for a good business name to be unique, it needs to, it needs to stand out. It, it shouldn't create confusion in the mind of the person who is reading it or who is seeing it or who is using it. It should um, get you attention. It should get you noticed. Not all the time. You know, when I say a name should get you noticed, that doesn't mean you should go over overboard and start to explore weird or strange ideas, you know. So something that might be exciting or weird to somebody might be deeply offensive to another person. So you need to be careful here with playing the uniqueness scheme. Now, being um, being unique doesn't mean that you should be weird or affect the sensibilities of other people because a name will be used by everybody. So you need to factor in all those other stakeholders who are going to be using the name. So at the basic level, the name needs to be unique. It shouldn't cause confusion with something that already exists. The second quality of a good name is that it should mean something to you. And this is a very important point. It's important because a name can be symbolic to you by symbolic, I mean it reminds you of something positive that you want to be or, or something that you don't want to forget about. So some examples would be Amazon. Amazon is, Amazon is the biggest river in the world. And Jeff Bezos chose that name because he wanted to create a company that offers that where customers, where people can come and buy anything that they want, you know, having a wide variety. You know, so that's essentially what what inspired that name. Virgin, uh, the Virgin Group, the Virgin brand name owned by Sir Richard Branson, the British entrepreneur. The the approach here, the symbolism of Virgin is he always wanted to do so. He always wanted to uh, be unique in any industry he goes into. He's always wanted to be to provide a fresh angle to the industry, to customers, to consumers. He did that in the music industry. He did that in the airline industry. He's doing that in the gym, in the uh, fitness industry. So his own idea is, you know, something fresh, something new. And he likes to bring that into industries that he feels are taking customers for granted or are using outdated methods. Um, the Dangote group. Dangote is symbolic because that is his name. So he, it's something that he wants to project out there. It's something that he wants to be, to be proud of. Another important reason why your name should mean something to you is that it can help to call you to action. When you have a good name, it inspires and motivates you to fight for your business because you, you have to take this from me. When you start a business, there's a lot of passion, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of optimism, but that's not exactly how the, the whole journey is going to look like. There will come times when you'll be tested. There will come times where you think maybe this thing is not going to work. In those down times, you need that inspiration. You need that motivation. The name of your business could actually remind you 
why you started the business, for whom you started this business. You know, so it, it helps if your business name, if the name of your business calls you to action. Another important reason why a name should mean something to you is if it, if it connects to your personal values and principles, especially if you're a mission-driven organization. So, for example, an organization like Doctors Without Borders, Without Borders they, they, their principle is that uh, medical care should be available to people around the world, no matter what country they, what country they live in or what part of the world they live in. Uh, Greenpeace is another, is another interesting example of a name that connects to your personal value. So Greenpeace, the, Greenpeace is the organization, the activist organization that, um, that is against the degradation of the environment. Um, another exciting example is my company, Small Starter. Now my principle, my business principle is that Businesses thrive better if they, if, they, if they start small and still have a big dream in their vision, in their, you know, in their sight. So essentially, the, the principle of small starter is to dream big but start small. That's my, business, that's my business philosophy. And every time I think about that name, I remember the people I started it for. I remember the reason I started it. And it reminds me of my business philosophy, especially in times when I'm trying to take on something really difficult. Another helpful reason why uh, a name, the name of a business should mean something to you is, well, essentially, this is a bit of a controversial um, area. Should you use your name? There are a couple of businesses, some very renowned, successful businesses that use the name of the entrepreneur. So does it make sense? I've got this, I've, I've got this um, question a couple of times before where somebody's trying to start a business and, you know, she was asking, does it make sense for me to use my name? Now, there's nothing wrong with using your name, but, you know, there, there are pros and cons to it. When you use your name, there is more at stake. Because that distance between your company and who you are is reduced. Essentially, you become your company. Your name is now your company. And what that means is that your company can suffer or benefit from your personal reputation and your credibility. So if anything happens to you, it affects your company. If anything happens to your company, it affects you. So that's the, that's the downside. But the, the upside of it is that using your name has many of the attributes I just mentioned. It's symbolic. I don't think there will be anything more symbolic to you than your name. It calls you to action. If the name of your com if, if your name is the name of your company and you're going through downtimes, I can imagine that you know wanting to stand up for a name that you're proud of will inspire and motivate you to to take action. Um, it also connects you to your personal values. If you remember, of course, every 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 name has a history, a family line, you have your family values, uh, principles and philosophy, you know, so, and there are many successful businesses that have pulled this off with their own name. JP Morgan, JP Morgan Chase, that's the name of the entrepreneur, JP Morgan, who started it. Goldman Sachs is a combination of two founders, Goldman and Sachs. The, the Ford Company, you know, started by Henry Ford, it still bears his name almost 100 years later. Um, Honda is the name of the Japanese engineer who founded the Honda, Honda brand, the Honda company. Dangote is the family name of Aliko, Aliko Dangote, Africa's richest man as at the time of recording this episode. McDonald's is the name of the original makers of the, um, the, the burgers and everything before Ray Kroc took over the company. So yes, you can use your name, but like I said, there are upsides and there are downsides. Um, the, the, the third quality is that you should, the name you choose should be easy to remember. 
And there is a reason for this. Um, when people remember your name, it can come in handy a lot of times. You can imagine a customer trying to recommend your product or your business to somebody, but he cannot quite catch the name. She cannot quite remember the name. Or employees who work for you, you know, they're having problems telling their friends and their family the name of the, the company they work for. It has to be something that is memorable, that is easy to remember. So, and there is a reason why most of the popular brands we know Stick to the rules I'm about to tell you. So listen very carefully to this. If you want your name to be easy to remember, there are a couple of rules that you, you can follow. The first is the name should not be too long. And how do you know if a name is too long? If the name is more than two or three, if it's more than three syllables, it's considered to be long because it appears the human mind would find it harder to, you know, uh, for, for a name to be sticky on the human mind if it's longer than three syllables. So this is an example. Facebook, that's two syllables. Facebook, two syllables. Toyota is three syllables. Toyota, three syllables. WhatsApp is two syllables. Twitter, two syllables. Apple, two syllables. Pepsi, two syllables. Coke, one syllable. Mercedes, three syllables. Lexus, two syllables. Amazon, Amazon, three syllables. Dan Gote, Dan Gote, three syllables. As you can imagine, all of these are top brands, the most successful companies in the world. All their names stick to the two to three syllable rule. None of them is longer than three syllables. In fact, what has happened is there are a lot of, um, there, there are a lot of um, successful companies that actually contravene this rule. But I'm going to tell you what happened next, which brings us to rule two of what you need to do or what you need to um, pay attention to if you want your name, if you want the name of your business to be sticky, if you want it to be easy to remember. And that is you can abbreviate it. So there are a couple of companies that have existed for a long time that broke the three-syllable rule. And what we're seeing is many of them are abbreviating their names. And a couple of them, examples, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, my first employer, PricewaterhouseCoopers, one of the big four consulting firms, is now PwC. They are now known as PwC, which is now three syllables. Um, General Motors is now GM, two syllables, GM. International Business Machines, although they did this early on, is now IBM. They started as International Business Machines, but now everybody knows IBM. Cable News Network, I'm sure you don't, Cable News Network is CNN. Most people know CNN rather than Cable News Network because it's easier to remember, three syllables. Uh, Procter & Gamble is now P&G. Most people know it as, as P&G, that's three syllables. BMW. So you see, even when your name is long, most companies, to make sure that they help make the name more memorable, they abbreviate the name. But one thing I notice is it's easier to abbreviate your name after you have become popular. Because um, even though th th there's really no consensus on, on this, you may start off as an abbreviation. But what I've seen, what the trend shows is that a company starts off with a long name, becomes known in the market, and then, you know, they do a rebranding and, and they compress the name to meet the two or three syllable rule. And another, the, the third rule to keep in mind is that the name should not be confusing in spelling or pronunciation. So there are different formats that people are going to use your name. Some people will use your business name or the name of your product in verbal conversations with maybe friends, family, or with employees with each other. Some people will write it. Some people might need to pronounce it. So you don't want your name to be that name where somebody says, 
the, the name of my business is, and then the person says, say again, say again, uh, spell it, please, spell it. You don't want your name to be that name where people need you to spell it before they know what you're talking about. And there are a couple of things you, you can keep in mind. There are words that there are words that sound like something but are spelt differently. So one example would be Lama. So Lama, is it L-A-M-A or L-L-A-M-A? It's up to you. Then boy, boy, is it B-O-Y or B-U-O-Y? Then if your company is triple X, do you mean XXX or the word triple then X? So you need to be able to avoid these um, confusing ways of using words. So, so far we have covered three important qualities. The first quality is to be unique. Choose a name that is unique. The second is to choose a name that means something to you. The third is to make sure that your name is easy to remember. And I just ran you through the three rules that can, that can help you achieve that. The fourth quality of a good business name is it should be free of negative associations. So like I mentioned early on in this episode, a name that sounds good to you or means something to you or is symbolic to you may actually mean something deeply offensive in another language or in another culture. So you need to check that the name that you use is more or less acceptable in the, in the, in the mainstream, in the broad mainstream, without uh, you know, offensing, uh, offending any, anybody. Or, so, and I'll give you a couple of guiding principles here. So there are names that mean normal. So when I was growing up, the, the word gay, the word gay meant cheerful, jovial, lighthearted when I was growing up. But these days, if you, if you say gay, people are more likely to think you're talking about a homosexual person or homosexuality in, in general. So these are things you don't want to stick to. And there are a couple of uh, major companies, major businesses that have already you know, committed a gaffe, that have made a mistake, misstep. One example is Microsoft Lumia. If you remember that smartphone, I think it was one of Microsoft's first um, range of smartphones, the Microsoft Lumia. But the word Lumia is a slang for prostitute in Spanish. So Microsoft is a very big company, multi-billion dollar company, but they, they made that gaffe. They chose a name that meant something offensive in, in one of the world's major languages. Another example is Miss, uh, Mitsubishi Pajero. Um, people in my generation will remember that. People in my generation and above will remember that uh, brand of, of, of vehicle, Mitsubishi Pajero. Now, but Pajero means masturbator in Spanish, you know, Spanish slang, which now informed the company. The company changed the name of the of the of that four x four from Mitsubishi Pajero to Mitsubishi Montero. So these days it's now called Montero, and Montero means mountain hunter. In, in Spain. So as you can see, it's not just small businesses that make this, this mistake. So sometimes you think your business is just going to be local in your city, in your town, or in your country. But you know, the way success happens, your business might turn out to, to be to grow beyond your dreams and you, you find yourself expanding into other countries, into other continents. And at that point, it might be it might not make sense for you to change your name just for a, a different country or something. So that's why it, early on it helps to keep these things in mind. Um, I once came across some guy who was considering Middle Finger as the name of his company, Middle Finger. And I asked, what's the, what's the rationale? What's the, the thing about it? He says, the concept for the company is he wants to be the first among equals. It's a competitive industry, but he wants to be first among equals. The way the middle finger is the longest finger of all five fingers. And I'm like, okay, if it's middle finger, but in Western and American culture, 
the middle finger is an offensive term. You see, so this is, this is where it helps for you to have a global perspective when it comes to business. When you're too focused on your own locality, you might end up making some of these mistakes. And also, one, one handy um, thing I've noticed is to be careful with um, local African languages. So I'm an African entrepreneur. This podcast is primarily built for entrepreneurs who are doing business in Africa, whether from, they are from the outside coming into the continent or they are entrepreneurs on the continent who are doing business on the continent. I understand that sometimes you might want to choose a name that is localized, that is indigenous, so that it's more acceptable and relatable to the market you're trying to sell to. But it can swing um, uh, both ways. Now, a, and that's because a lot of African languages are very phonetic or are very sonar, are very tonal. So the way you say something in one language can actually mean something in a totally different language. And um, Africa has hundreds of languages. If, if, if I use my own, uh, my own, um, my own um, ethnic language, which is Igbo, and a, a word like um, OKE, OKE can be pronounced different ways. It can be OK, it can be OK, it can be OK. You know, there are different ways you can, and you know, the word, the, that word OK might mean something else in another language within my same country. So that's how it can be. So you need, if, you're, if you're using local languages, you need to be much more careful uh, to make sure that it doesn't mean something offensive in another language. So that's the fourth um, quality. The fifth quality of a good business name is that it should be able to accommodate growth and expansion. And I've been alluding to this a couple of times in this episode. And what this means is that you may be starting your business today with a particular industry in mind, with a particular kind of business in mind. But the way your business will grow might mean that you might expand into other industries, you might expand into other products, you might expand into other countries. So any name you choose should not really be too tied to an, to an industry or to a type of business or to a type of country. Now, this piece of advice is just a recommendation. It's not absolute. And that's because there can be, there are advantages and disadvantages to being um, specific or generic. So essentially what I'm saying is it pays if your business is generic enough to accommodate growth and expansion in the future. But sometimes it also pays for your name to be as specific as possible so that um, the market, consumers, employees, whoever uses that name can instantly know that this, is, that this company does this. So if, for example, you tell me that your, your business is ABC Fisheries, I don't need to ask you what kind of business you're into. I know you're into fisheries. I know you're into either the catching or the sale of fish. You know, if you tell me your, if you tell me your, your, the name of your business is uh, LMN Wildlife, I don't need to ask you what you do. I know you're into the wildlife or, or forestry trade. So that's essentially what I mean. But the upside to having a generic name is that, you know, um, or sorry, the, the, the upside to being specific in a business or in, with your business name is that being specific helps if you are in a big market or you are riding a big trend. So these days in 2020, some of the big trends are solar. So it's, it's very common to see a couple of business, um, businesses that go by the name ABC Solar. So you don't need to ask what they do. You already know they're into the solar business. Bitcoin is another major trend. Artificial intelligence is another major trend. So you can see, you can see there are businesses that go by the name maybe Apple AI. You know, by, the, by just that abbreviation AI, you know they're into the uh, um, artificial intelligence space. The downside to being specific is that it can backfire if the trend changes. 
So I'll give you a very typical example because this one is very recent. Um, Start Oil. Start Oil is the state-owned, or Start Oil was the state-owned oil and gas company of Norway, the country Norway. Now that was when the company was founded. Oil and gas was a big deal. Oil was a big deal. So it was a thing of pride then to have oil by the name of your company. There was Standard Oil, Chevron Oil. You know all of all this oil. Having oil had a prestige to it. But these days, oil now has a negative connotation. Oil, of course, is blamed for a lot of uh, negative impacts on the on the on the on the climate. Oil is blamed for pollution, you know, and all sorts of things. So having oil in your name these days doesn't help. So that informed Start Oil changed its name from Start Oil to Equinor. Now there's also another reason for you know moving to this. Oil companies these days are no longer exclusively oil companies because. The industry is now migrating into energy as more renewable sources of energy are coming on stream, like solar, like wind, like thermal. It doesn't make sense to box yourself into the oil industry. Rather, it helps to look at yourself as an energy industry of which oil and gas is just a part. So, Start Oil, Norway Start Oil changed the name from Start Oil to Equinor to reflect the company's new vision and how we want to see itself as an energy company and not just an oil company. So, just to recap. So far, I've shared with you five important qualities a good business name should have. The first is it should be unique. The second is it should mean something to you. The third is it should be easy for it should be easy for you and others to remember. The fourth is it should be free of negative associations, either locally, internationally, in other cultures. And、um, the fifth is it should be the name you choose should be able to accommodate future growth and expansion. So. Now that you know what the qualities are, as you're looking at you, as you're considering names, there are five critical things I also think you should do as you choose a name for your business. So I've told you the qualities to look out for, but making sure you get it right. There are five pieces of advice I am going to share with you. The first is to create a short list of candidates. You are definitely as you brainstorm potential business names, you are going to come across several that appeal to you. So it helps to have. Write down those names somewhere. You could write them down on a piece of paper, or open the notes app in your phone and just, you know, put them there for consideration. So it helps to have a short list of candidates. The second thing that helps is to ask for other people's opinion, or other people's opinions. You cannot know everything, so it always helps to bounce it off other people because most of the people who are going to use your, the name of your business and your products are total strangers. They are going to be customers who are finding out about you for the first time. There are going to be potential employees who are trying to apply for a job in your company. They could be potential business partners, investors who are hearing for you for who are hearing about you for the first time. So most of the people who are going to come across your name are going to be total strangers. So it makes sense to run it across people who are around you who haven't heard the name before. You tell them this is a name I'm considering for my business. What do you think about it? And try to sample, look at how they respond and react. Um, the third、um, piece of advice I would like to share is to check for trademark or copyright issues. I've had clients, not not one, more than one, who have chosen a name they were excited about. They went ahead to design a logo, and then when it was time to register the company, they found out that the name was already somebody else's trademark. Somebody had already trademarked the name. So to avoid that kind of emotional disappointment, it helps to check for trademark or copyright issues. It depends on your country. From country to every country has different company formation rules. So you need to check with your local attorney or lawyer 
to help to ask them do a name search for you. In some countries, anybody can do a name search. In some countries, you have to go through registered agents or lawyers and things like that. But it helps when you have, that's why it's good to have a short list so that if one name you like is already taken, you have a backup or several backups rather than going through the brainstorming phase again. Another uh, point I think you should keep in mind is to check for domain name availability. Now, these days, everybody's on the internet. In fact, if you're not on the internet, it's assumed your business does not exist. So even if your, the name of your business is available locally, is it available online? Is there a .com for your business or .net or .whatever country abbreviation you have? So that's because when people hear of your business, that's what they are going to type into search engines like Google. Or most people are just going to go yourbusinessname.com to go check. That's how people use the internet. So you need to be sure that there is a, that your domain name is available and that it's not conflicting or confusing with another name that already exists. So if you say that the name of your business is Lavender, you know, that when you go online and you find out that there's already a Lavender that exists or Lavender.com and it's everywhere in the search engine results, it's everywhere in the Google search results, and you say your business is Lavender A, you, it's not really a big deal. Everybody is going to default to Lavender. So you want to avoid that kind of confusion. So what I'm sharing with you applies both offline, your brainstorming offline. When you have your list of your short list, you can then run it online to see if the names are available. And there are a lot of sites you can use to check for domain names. The one I commonly use is GoDaddy, GoDaddy.com, G-O-Daddy, D-A-D-D-Y.com. You go in there, it's free. Checking domain name availability is totally free. You don't need to pay anything. You only pay if you want to, if you want to buy that name. So, but you can go check and if it's available, it's usually helpful to snap it. A domain name is not expensive, about what, $10 or so. Um, the other important thing, because we now live in the age of the internet, is to check for social media availability. So even if you find the domain name, is that handle available on Twitter? Is it available on Instagram? Is it available on Facebook? You know, the main, the major social media platforms, you need to be able to have your handle available because it's going to be confusing for customers that your company name is Beatrice, you know? Your company name is Beatrice, but then on social media, you know, you're, you're not anything like Beatrice. So most times it can help that your name, your online name, your domain name has some similarity with um, your, your social media handle. So I was lucky when I, when I registered Small Starter, I, was, I got smallstarter.com, I got Small Starter on Facebook, um, I got Small Starter on LinkedIn, but by the time I got to Twitter, there was no Small Starter. Somebody else had already taken it. So what I did was on Twitter, we now go by small starters. There's an S at the end of it. So that's just one way you can help to keep things um, consistent. So um, in this episode, it's been really exciting. And um, like I mentioned, it is always an emotional experience. It's an exciting experience for an entrepreneur to choose a name because it means a lot to you. Like I've I've shared with you in this episode. But now that you know what the rules are, now that I've shared everything with you, there are three important things I need you to consider. There are three things I need you to keep in mind. The first is to join the insiders. 
Starting your business is just the beginning. Choosing a name for your business is just the beginning. This episode was inspired by a question somebody asked inside the Insiders program, and I just thought to share it. These are the kinds of things we discuss. These are things that maybe you won't learn in business school. People don't teach you in courses, but they matter a lot. A business name matters a lot, but nobody's going to commit their time in a business course or in an MBA program to teach you about a business name. People take it for granted that you should be able to choose a name, but these are things that have far-reaching consequences, and that is why we created the Insiders program. I created the Insiders program to be able to work lockstep with entrepreneurs as you go through big and small issues because there is no, essentially in business, there's no small issue. One small decision like the kind of name you choose for your business can have very dramatic consequences later on. So one thing you should consider after after listening to this episode is join the Insiders program. We are at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it's smallstarter.com slash insiders. So the Insiders is a private group of entrepreneurs who are working together on a 10-year mission to build highly successful businesses. Most of us are from the African continent, but we have people from outside. We have somebody from faraway islands like Kiribati in the Pacific Ocean. We have Africans in the diaspora. We have foreigners who are interested in doing business in Africa, but essentially business principles are the same around the world. So smallstarter.com slash insiders, that's where we are. The second thing I, I need you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. This podcast is free. You can listen to it while you're taking a jog, while you're driving to work, while you're commuting to work, while you're taking a walk, whatever it is. But it helps to nourish your mind and develop yourself as an entrepreneur. Because entrepreneurship is one of the is one of the interesting vocations in life, whether where your success depends on you're learning. You never stop learning. Whether you're 19 years old or 90 years old, as long as you're an entrepreneur building a business, the learning never stops. And that is what makes it very exciting. And then the third thing I need you to do, I pray you do it, is to subscribe to this episode. If you're listening to it for the first time, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, wherever it is you, you get your podcast. And please give us a five-star review if you love this podcast. A five-star review help makes it possible for other people to find this podcast. It help it helps us get um, ranked higher in the podcast directory, so that other people who are looking for um, a business podcast that is primarily focused on the African continent can easily find us. So I wish you all the best of luck as you choose a name that means something to you, and hopefully will become something that blows you away with the size and proportions that it achieves. So I'll see you in the very next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.